Welcome to the Pet Pals TV Podcast, a celebration of the bond between people and their pets, featuring your kitty correspondent, KJ, and brought to you by Vote Carpet One and Flooring. Hello again, it is KJ. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about all things that have to do with paws and our wonderful furry friends from learning tips and tricks about how to have a better relationship with our pets to understanding why we have to play such an important role in making sure that every pet gets a home. And today uh, we are definitely going to dive into that with a story that Every time I hear it, it, it gives me chills and it moves me. Um, she is truly an advocate for animals and is changing the way that rescues and sanctuary work in that there is a combination of both the best interest of the pet and supporting the community into everything that Grateful Rescue and Sanctuary does. And to share more about the mission and her story on how she got here, welcome Pamela Terhune to the Hi, podcast. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Uh, Always uh, a pleasure. How are you? I'm good. It is entirely overdue. Uh, for those of you who follow me on Facebook, you uh, are probably uh, very familiar with Pamela as we do book nook on Sunday nights uh, and share a cute story with a member of the community or a celebrity and uh, really invite you to be a part of it. And Pamela, that, you know, kind of kicks off the conversation that I want to have about how um, your mission with Grateful Rescue and Sanctuary is a bit different in that you do have a lot of programs that while they involve pets, there is an enrichment to the human experience that comes along with that. Um, can you talk a little bit first about, um, you know, the, the mission and the programs that come along with Grateful, and then we'll get into the, the tearjerker story of why you started this whole thing? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, you're exactly right. We do not only serve animals, we serve the community. We don't only help animals, we help people. Um, it, gosh, it, and it ranges from children all the way to um, people in hospice. We have children's programs at schools where we go into schools and we teach um, something called the Pet Education Project. And um, that's an age-appropriate teaching to um, children in, um, in the form of a convocation and um say kindergartners would have um oh just the just the basic needs um of animals taught to them uh love shelter food um and then as they get older like say fifth sixth grade then they learn the um importance of spay neuter type talk um we also help the struggling readers um sometimes children do not want to read in a classroom setting because they're struggling maybe or they're shy um, and animals don't judge. They will listen and they will love every minute of it. So we offer a program called Wag the Dog Readers and that is where a child can read with a dog 
and um and or a cat we will be adding kitties to that <gasps> we um, are does that wait a second does that mean that i get to uh i, I get to enlist grayson into yes, the grayson, program? <laughs> grayson would be perfect as you know we've w- the first couple years of our rescue we were primarily dogs mm-hmm. until the uh pandemic set in and then there was an explosion of kitty cats because the veterinarians had to also close down and they couldn't provide only emergent care they couldn't provide the spay neuter or preventative care so that what followed after that uh, an explosion of kitten litters so we decided to step up and and also handle kitties so kitties have kind of crept their way into our dog rescue and that's wonderful i never realized i could be such a uh, a cat lady <laughs> I do love them. I do love them. And um, so anyway, um, back to the reading program. Um, And speaking of the pandemic shutdown, uh, with that also came the inability to visit schools where we where we physically took an animal in the presence of children or in a school all the visiting stopped right so um so i thought wonder if zoom reading might be accepted with a dog i wasn't sure because i didn't know if children would really be excited about it because a big part of that reading thing is being able to hug touch um sure. scratch the scratch the animals um to my surprise it took off like a rocket in fact children um children were signing up from all over the place we we had some from out of the country wow. and then we um had a nice team of volunteers who who also volunteered their dogs to do we did zoom readings Mm -hmm. and um and as an incentive we made these cute little baseball type cards it had the uh the dog's picture on the front and on the back it told uh the dog's name and age his favorite treat his favorite this and that his favorite activity and just for fun since it was a reading program we put his favorite book and um and then I kind of did a, an Amazon search and if I had a Leela the Chihuahua I'd look up a little children's book about Chihuahuas Aww. and and um to my surprise the children who signed up whenever it was their turn to read they would read that dog's favorite book oh my goodness I love this so <laughs> adorable um then it began growing Uh, oh uh, real quick the incentive of these cards was to earn a prize when you when you uh collected so many dogs because oh my gosh so this is like it's like the old uh the old pizza program that we had in school the book it i think it was called yeah Um, yeah yeah, it's exactly the same premise you um you you collect so many dog cards and um and you would get a prize mailed to you and um and so that took off and the next thing i knew kj some schools started signing up some classrooms and and um that really that really excited me and um and of course we recruited a few more dog readers and and as the end of school year got near we were 
told we could actually bring the dogs in to the school. So the children who had been reading to our dogs throughout the school year, um, they were able to meet the dogs in person. And do you know, every dog that came into those classrooms, the children would scream out its name. They knew every dog's name. Is that so cool? I I love that. I mean, it's just, it's really a, a, a testament to the bond that we can make and it, it, it even, you know, learning that with, with Zoom through the pandemic and in our family and doing video calls, but it's still there. I mean, our, our pets energy, you can, you, you can feel that, you know? And so what a wonderful gift to these kids, not only to feel that companionship over, uh, you know, over the, the virtual setting, but then to have, uh, you know, a reunion, if you will, in person, um, oh, and see that impact. Yeah, it was wonderful. And then, and then our programs even go on. We we have programs for veterans. Um, past, present, and future. I mean, we, um, if, if a young man is, claw, is called to deployment, a lot of times they are forced to surrender their dogs mm-hmm. because they, they don't have um, the funds to kennel the dog for that long of a period of time and maybe no family to keep them. Yeah. And Grateful Rescue will keep those dogs for free while, they're, while their owner is, um, is serving our country. And then it moves on to, um, to therapy pets, uh, uh, emotional support, just all types of different um, dogs for uh, PTSD victims, things like that. We, we support that. We also support any type of betterment um, programs like, say, um, battered women, shelter, homes, temporary homelessness. You know, uh, I think that that one in particular, when I started learning about um, Grateful Rescue um, was so near and dear to me because I've, I've, I've worked with some domestic violence victims and um, some of the programs. And one of the biggest reasons that a victim will not leave their situation is they don't know what they'll do with their pets and they're not leaving their pets behind. Um, and so I've always, you know, I've always felt like, why do we not have more services. If this is one of the big reasons that they stay, then let's alleviate that issue and and let let the the person who is trying to survive the situation know that their pets are going to get through it too. So that mm-hmm. is is that is such a an important piece to um, that part of 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 stopping the violence and helping these victims become survivors. So thank you very much for for even thinking about that, right? And what you wanted to do with a sanctuary in not only let's help as many pets as we can. And I know you do, and we're going to have you back more often because there's so many things that you do that we can't fit it into one show because I know I love that. Thank even, you. <laughs> even what you're doing on the, on the front lines of, of putting an end to, to puppy mills, you really looked through like every issue that is going on uh, under the umbrella of, of pet rescue and said, we also, identify these areas like vets who need help and like domestic violence victims who need help. And that is somewhere where you are intersecting that I don't think any sanctuary is. 
Um, so I, I, I love spreading the word about what you do because I think sometimes people will get overwhelmed about, I, you know, I don't know how to help a rescue and I know they're overwhelmed and you have these programs that it's like, you know what, what do you care about? You care about helping veterans. We do that. You care about helping children who are struggling with reading. We Mm -hmm. do that. We do all of these things with our pets who are able to bring that healing in, in a way that we humans can't, there's just something that these pets can bring us to these situations that can inspire healing and inspire confidence. Mm -hmm. And it totally makes sense because the, the pet needs the healing as much as the human needs the healing. So why not heal each other is to be like the perfect solution. (laughs) All right. So I want you to tell everyone, I mean, in all of this amazing work that you're doing um, and the website is gratefulrescue.org where you can learn more about all of these programs. And uh, if you are inspired to donate or you want to volunteer or you would be willing to foster. That is um, such a big piece to the puzzle right now of, uh, like Pamela said, I mean, when the pandemic caused the vets and the, uh, the, the spay neuter clinics to shut down just that amount of time set us back a lot in the, um, in the rescue world, because it just created so many more pets that if you have a, a, a spare room and a little love in your heart to give a temporary home to a pet along the way to finding their forever home, definitely head to gratefulrescue.org and check out all of those amazing programs. Uh, Pamela, uh, yes. We need to share why, the why in all of this, that you have put so much of your heart, your time, um, your energy into creating all of this. Um, what, what started the vision for Grateful Rescue and Sanctuary? Well, I think, um, well, first of all, all my life I've had, um, my heart belongs to, has belonged to animals. Um, when I become an adult, I I volunteered at a, at a, at a rescue and um, went in to get, um, to get a dog out at one point. And I could not believe the despair. That's what actually backing up a minute. That's what inspired me to become um, a volunteer to rescue. I, I went in to adopt a, a dog, um, just one dog. And, um, and I saw all the despair, all the, oh gosh, just the cages, the, the, the cramped quarters, the overworked, um, you know, uh, understaffed, uh, full shelters. It was, it was really almost too much to, to swallow, to look at. In fact, I've heard a lot of people say they cannot go into one of these places because they can't stand the sight. But to turn a blind eye is not the solution. And um, and so what I decide, oh, and and as I become a volunteer and, um, and a member of that organization, I was often called upon to help pull dogs out of there um, after I'd set up my small little rescue on our 22 acres. And as I did, I was getting more and more calls to come rescue a dog that was going kennel crazy. And what that is, is pretty much when you're like when you're in solitary confinement, you start going 
literally you just start going crazy. You start yeah. losing your mind. And that was happening to, to so many dogs. And a lot of times in a shelter, that is the deciding factor if they need to be put down because uh, the very last thing they do before they start self-mutilating is spinning in their cage um, because they're just literally going crazy round and round. Oh so I saw a lot of that and I thought this cannot, there's got to be something I can do. And um, so then I just started looking for a lot of land and, um, and, the, and then I started bringing them over onto my property. Like I said, I had 22 acres and I'm limited in the number of animals I can take in, but every single animal is allowed to roam in out in the open day day sun up to sundown they can they can play they can they get then and they don't have small cages they have 12 by 12 rooms that they that they stay in they only sleep in there at night um and eat in there because they definitely need to be um fed safely because Mm -hmm. they they're they're resource garters by by i I tell you what i got i got seven in this house panel seven cats Sometimes they do get separated at feeding time. (laughs) Don't you dare touch my food. (laughs) Um, So anyway, yes, that that was my vision um, that I knew that one of the solutions is to uh, try to find a bigger space. Um, And and in our expansion that we are working on, uh, we will we that's that's built into the plans. 12 by 70 runs. They can run safely. They can run in small. Um, compatible packs and um, even the ones who are um, in their own some don't play well with others we know that and those dogs also even here at this place um, they also have their own running space oftentimes they end up making friends and become compatible with another another solo that's running in their own space I find them um, running along the fence with each other and playing together and and then pretty soon you, you, we can have a trainer out and and let them kind of sniff and and um, and walk in a certain area on, uh, with the leash and um, and they 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 can actually make friends when they're solo. But if not, that's okay. They still have the freedom to not go crazy. Okay, and, that's um, so, that's so important, and it, it you know mm-hmm. and it shines a light at every rescue. Every shelter is doing the best they can with the resources they absolutely, have. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Um, and and you're kind of uh, uh, stepping in where you can to say, you know what, we have we have the space, we have the capability mm-hmm. to give this give this dog or give this cat an opportunity to calm down, know they're safe, and and be the best version of themselves to possibly get a home. So. Absolutely. And it's very important to add that um, that we don't compete with other shelters. We work with the other shelters. I love every shelter around and I will happily help any shelter when they call on me. In fact, we um, we've got a coalition of shelters that that calls each other. Um, we we team up on the problem, not each other. And I love that. So 
I just wanted to make sure I added that. We are not out to compete with any shelter. We're only out to compliment them. Yeah, and I I feel like that has been more of an issue in the past and we're starting to figure out like every, you know, we're all, we all have the same, the same goal. Let's not have Mm -hmm. pets end up in shelters. Um, Absolutely. You know, so let's seek out each other's strengths. And um, I, I'm seeing that in here in Indianapolis with the, the coalition that was created between Indie Humane and Indie Neighborhood Cats, where, you know, they both looked at like, this is what we're good at. This is what you're good at. Why are we going to create a community cats program when you already have one and know how to run it? Let's yes. communicate with each other on how we can best serve each other's needs. And that helps everyone, including the person who finds a cat and is like, I don't know what to do with this thing. Uh, we, we make sure that, you know, if it's this situation, this is the, the, this is the rescue that's getting involved. If it's this situation, you want to talk to this organization. So working together, I think, um, we're already seeing some benefits and, and you coming in and the, the vision that you have for the sanctuary, which we know, um, you know, through the pandemic and, you know, pricing and just trying to get supplies that things have been, you know, put off, but you're still, you're taking the resources that you have right now, yes. making a huge difference. And it's only going to get bigger and bigger and more impactful. So thank you so much for what you are doing to help every pet right now. And, and every person that you're helping through your pet programs. Well, thank you. And thank you for lending me the platform to um, to allow our voice to be heard, too. That means uh, so much. Yes. Yeah, so we have, if you are listening to this before August 14th, uh, I'm so glad that you caught us. If you haven't heard about Grateful Fest already, it is going to be just an absolutely amazing time. Uh, again, just like she thought of every possible way and program to benefit the community for both pets and people with her rescue. I swear, Pamela, you've come out of every possible way to make sure that anyone who comes to Grateful Fest has something that they are going to (laughs) enjoy. Can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that you are excited about and uh, just share if someone's hearing for the first time about Grateful Fest, what they can expect? Yes, yes. Well, first and foremost, it's all about pets, right? And we have lots of pets activities. Um, it's it the it, it goes from eleven to seven on August fourteenth, and it starts off with the big pet parade, and um and there is now I also know that the, there's a midway and it's um it's it's a paved midway, but there's also a grassy area. So don't worry about burned paws. We've already got that covered. There's plenty of grass where you can, where, where we as humans can walk on the, on the pavement and the, and the soft paws can walk in the grass. So, so just want to make that um, clear. Um, We also have different pet activities. We have uh, cutest pet photo contests. We have, uh, there's a cutest little thing called um, make your pet Picasso, your pooch of Picasso. And um, it's similar to the elephant painting things where they take a brush in their in their tusk or excuse me in their snout and start painting what we do is we uh the dog will paint a portrait and that's Mm -hmm. 
by um, and no tongue touches any paint. It's um, you just dollop paint on a canvas, slip it into a clear plas plastic covering, and then put peanut butter and cheese on the oh, oh, on there. And as a dog making a masterpiece. So we've got that. Okay, so there's and there's and there's lots of other other fun um, activities with the, with the pets um cats and dogs both there will be people bringing their kitties in strollers that i've heard oh, and yes, um yes. yeah and then we've got a kitty carnival because the parents go where the kitties go and, yes. and, and i do mean kitties with k-i-d-d -D, i was just gonna to say cats. yes we, <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't think we're gonna get a lot of cats ride any rides <laughs> <laughs> that's right uh, so there's a kid zone and then there's um then the then then for the adults the the midway is lined with menders from everything to pet products to to your to your um, direct sales to handmade crafts so the so the midway is lined with with vending we've got an indoor um, community yard sale we have a car show going on we have live music I told you guys it's everything <laughs> and the headliner is none other than Miss Jenny DeVoe she will be ending up the day and um, what a what a way to um, carry out the day's great event right so. yes I'm, I'm so excited it's been a, a it's been a long time well I think it's been a long time for all of us uh uh to see any kind of live music uh but Jenny DeVoe oh, yeah. is she has such a big heart for uh for animals and her her performances are always uh you know there's a there's just a really beautiful energy to them um it's mm -hmm. it's an uplifting experience and I can't think of a better way to wrap up all of the amazing activities uh, that are going on at Grateful Fest and I do want to point out because I have had some people who have said I you know I I have a hard time going to rescue events. I can't see all the animals and not want to take them all home. And that is it, everything that you heard is going on um, is activities to get families involved, to bring your pets and get them involved. This is not an adoption event. It is a, it is a gathering of people uh, that is going to be so much fun. And really, at the end of the day, we're doing it to support the pets and hopefully get you guys some uh, you know, more information, whether it's uh, a better life for your pets or whether it's understanding uh, a way that you might fit into the grateful rescue mission that you didn't know you could be a part of. So um, we look forward to seeing you at Grateful Fest at the Delaware County Fairgrounds on August 14th. And if the time has already passed, I do feel like this is probably going to be an annual event. So uh, oh, yeah. stand by, stand by for more about that. And uh, please keep listening to the podcast, uh, rate, review, and subscribe, and join me as we continue to create a better world for pets. Pamela will certainly be back to share more about what she is doing and how you can be involved. And if you want more information, go to gratefulrescue.org. Thank you so much, Pamela. Thank you. Thank you so very much. We really enjoyed always talking to you, KJ. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Pet Pals TV podcast, part of the Just What I Needed network. For more positively powerful stories of pets, 
watch Pet Pals TV, and visit PetPalsTV.com. And follow KJ for all things cats at KJOnAir.com.